This episode is brought to you by the Italian Wine Academy, teaching WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English, right here in Verona, the home of the Italian Wine Podcast. Want to become part of the international wine sector? Need a worldwide recognized certification? Don't know where to start? You can easily complete our courses while you enjoy the fun and excitement of Verona. Make your vacation good value for money by adding a wine certificate to your souvenirs. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. Welcome to the Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps podcast. This episode, we'll be looking at the Loire Valley. The Loire Valley is centred around the longest river in France. And whilst it's overall a cool climate, we really can't talk in broad strokes about the Loire because it changes as you get away from the Atlantic Ocean and the sea influence and further into the centre of France. Fortunately, that makes it much easier to study because instead of thinking of the Loire as one region, it's much better to break it down into four separate regions and really focus on the great varieties, the climates and the influences in each individual region. No matter where you are, however, it is this river that plays a key part in what's going on, whether that's because you can use it for warmth, face your vineyards towards it to gain more reflection and more sunlight, or perhaps it's giving moisture and humidity. All of these things are vital for the various appellations you'll find across the Loire Valley. We're at what used to be considered the northern limit of where grapes ripen here, although, as I said, this is changing due to climate change. And there is a huge variation in weather patterns. Not just the proximity to the coast is important, but also soil influence. Because there is this huge variation in what's going on because the Loire is so large, there is actually no regional appellation here. So there is no Loire appellation controle. It's much more focused on the individual areas. And we'll dive into that as we get to them. But first, let's take a look at some of the great varieties you'll be expecting to find as we move through the Loire Valley. First up, let's talk about the white varieties as these do tend to dominate the planting. Remember, you can do this logical connection here between cool climate, difficulty of ripening, and really think that perhaps white varieties might be a little bit easier to grow here because you don't have the consideration of tannin ripeness. So we have Sauvignon Blanc. We've already seen this in some other Appalachians in France. Dry, high acidity, lots of green apple and wet stones here. 
often not reaching ripeness that would allow it to produce the tropical flavors and aromas you might experience elsewhere in the world. The best wines from Sauvignon Blanc we will find in Sancerre and Puy-Fumé in the Central Valleys. Next up, we have Chenin Blanc. This is a high acidity, non-aromatic grape variety, actually considered semi-aromatic, and it ripens unevenly. So you can have some herbaceous aromas in the most unripe grapes. What's fantastic about Chenin Blanc is you have so many options for harvesting. It's similar to Riesling in that its profile changes as it goes through ripening. And you can leave it on the vine for extra ripening and for very sweet styles plus botrytis styles. You can have everything from Chenin from very dry, fresh, light wines to much fuller to off dry, still sparkling sweet. It can do everything. It's also really suitable for aging, not only in dry and sweet wines, but also sparkling wines, giving aromas of toast and honey uh, and the acidity always giving that freshness. Finally, we have Melon Blanc, aka the grape of Muscadet, sometimes called Melon de Bourgogne. Ripens early and is frost resistant, so it suits this cool climate. Uh, it's mostly grown in this first Appalachian we're going to talk about, the Nantes, this area closest to the Atlantic Ocean. It's traditionally fermented in very large oak, so no oak influence actually on the flavor, but that softening of the acidity through oxygen contact. We also see lees use here. So this resting on the lees with Melon Blanc to increase flavors and a little bit the structure of the wine. In terms of black grape varieties in the Loire, one of the key focuses is Cabernet Franc. Flowers and ripens early and can be made in a range of styles according to soil and climate. Key thing here is being able to find sites where you can really ripen the tannins and also give enough fruit so the wines don't just taste a little bit insipid or green. Gamay is our number two grown black grape variety here much in the Touraine Anjou area for fruity early drinking, often used with Cabernet Franc in rosé blends. And finally, in the central vineyards, so the warmest areas, you often get some Pinot Noir, but it's very low volume, light in style, found particularly in the area of Sancerre. While we're talking about black grape varieties, let's pause a moment and think about rosé styles in the Loire. This is a little bit of a focus, especially for your WSET level three, thinking about blends in rosé styles and production method. So most of the rosé in the Loire is produced in Anjou Sommer. Uh, the rosé de Loire is a dry wine and must have a minimum 30% of Cabernet Franc. And you do find some Cabernet Sauvignon in the blend. What's interesting here is obviously the Cabernet Sauvignon quite difficult to ripen, so can add a real herbaceous character to the wines. Possibly the most famous rosé wine of Anjou Sommer is Cabernet d'Anjou. This is actually a medium sweet blend of Cabernet Franc and Cabernet Sauvignon. It tends to be higher quality than the rosé de Loire. We also see rosé d'Anjou, which is adding other grape varieties into the blend and tends to be less sweet. There are also rosé wines made in Touraine, mostly from a blend of black grape varieties, often focused on Cabernet Franc and Gamay, dry, fresh, fruity, simple, good value for money rosé. And then in Sancerre, we have rosé wines that must be made from Pinot Noir. These are very pale, light, dry wines with a strong strawberry cherry focused. 
Winemaking techniques here are direct pressing or short maceration on the skins and usually fermented in temperature controlled environments, just focusing on that fruit flavor rather than any influence from winemaking techniques such as oak. Now let's move through the different appellations of the Loire from west to east, thinking about the key influences in each area and the great focus that you find here. Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mamo Jumbo Shrimp family. First up, we have the Nantes. So this is the area in close proximity to the Atlantic Ocean. It's a cool maritime climate here. Have lots of issues with rain and wet, risk of rot. Melon Blanc is the key variety here, early ripening and frost resistant. We have a couple of key styles of wine here. The first is Muscadet, which is just simple, light wines with green flavors. It's kind of a generic Appalachian wine here. However, we do have a Appalachian of Muscadet Sèvres et Main, so this specific area. And in addition to this, you will often see on the label Muscadet Sèvres et Main sur Lee. So these are wines that spend the winter on the lees, adding more texture, but not enough time on the lees to add flavor. So they're still delicate and fresh. So heading slowly eastwards through the Loire Valley, next up we come to the area of Anjou Sommer. We've already talked about this a little bit in connection to rosé, but this is by all means not the only thing produced here. We have many Appalachians. It's protected from the sea and the cold by a mountain range. It has steep slopes with stony soils, uh, which help heat up the vineyard, keeping it warm overnight and extending the growing season. Because there's no sea influence, there's this protection here. It's very dry. There's less rot. The air circulation is good, making it perfect for sweet wines and also for picking at different times in the vineyard. So hand selection. Really, it's all about hang time here and when you pick the grapes. So picking early for lighter bodied or sparkling wines, picking later for full bodied wines, and then picking very late for sweet wines. So thinking about a couple of our key Appalachians here, we have Sommer, which is famous for sparkling wines, often made from Chenin Blanc. We have Sauvignon, full-bodied dry Chenin Blanc, because the airflow impedes rot here. And Coteau de Léon, which are long-lived sweet Chenin wines. Lots of influence of its proximity to the river, so humidity, so suitable for noble rot. In fact, you have two smaller Appalachians here that are famous for some of the world's best sweet wines made from Chenin. It's worth noting that Sommer and Sommer Champignon are also well known for light, fruity Cabernet Franc. Lots of floral notes here can often be served chilled because they're so delicate. Right next to Anjou Sommer as we head east is Touraine. Now, it's next to Anjou, but it's totally different. It's not actually protected from the mountains. The mountain influence fades here, so it tends to be cooler and wetter. It also has clay soils, which we've already encountered in the right bank of Bordeaux is the thing that makes it difficult to grow Cabernet because it's a soil that's very dense, retains water, and is cold for a long period. 
Vouvray is our key appellation here for Chenin Blanc for both still and sparkling wines. Because it's a cooler climate here, there is lighter body in these wines, higher acidity, hence a lot of sparkling. Then we have some key appellations for red wines, particularly made from Cabernet Franc. You begin to see a little bit more ripeness here. The real key here for Cabernet Franc production is facing the river, south-facing steep slopes, and planting where there's a blend of limestone and clay, so helping the soil to keep warm. So we have Bourguil and Chinon, two key appellations for slightly richer, so fuller-bodied, but still quite tannic Cabernet Franc with some suitability for aging. Always here, they tend to have this combination of ripe strawberry and slightly green tomato leaf or blackcurrant leaf notes. There is an overall appellation of Touraine, which is really well known for Sauvignon Blanc in simple, fruity, varietally labeled style, trying to capitalize a little bit again on the new world popularity of Sauvignon from other areas such as New Zealand and Chile. And finally, towards the end of the valley, the easternmost part of the Loire, we have ironically called the Central Vineyards. Not actually in the centre of the Loire, but in the centre of this northern area of France, hence the name. Here, the climate is still cool, but it's continental. We've lost all influence from the sea, so it's warmer and drier. Plantings tend to be on the best sites, the mid-slopes facing the river. Sauvignon Blanc is an early ripening variety, which is great for continental climates with potentially shorter growing seasons. And the aromatics are kept thanks to the cool climate. We have three key appellations here for Sauvignon Blanc. We'll start with Puy Fume. So this is Sauvignon Blanc from a very small appellation where the soils here give a subtle smoky character to the wines. Next up, we have Sancerre much larger Appalachian, and really the, the change here, you still have these dry, highly acidic, citrus, grassy characters, but instead of the smoke of Puy Fume, you tend to have a wet stone, mineral flint character. It's worth noting that Sancerre is not just a white wine Appalachian. You can also have Sancerre Rosé made from Pinot Noir or Sancerre Rouge made from Pinot Noir. Finally, there's an area of Menetou Salon, which is flatter and a little bit larger, and you get very moderately priced Sauvignon Blanc in similar styles to Sancerre and Puy Fume. For me, really echoing the Sancerre style with this lovely flinty minerality. So less fruity than the Sancerre wines of the Touraine Appellation, more focused on this flint, whetstone, grass character. So that's it for the Loire. Really best to think about it, not as one big area, but of four separate areas in each of which you have very specific things going on. Really focusing on soils, on coastal influence, on river influence, on grape variety, hang times, all of these things to consider when you are thinking about the grape varieties that are planted and the styles of wines produced. Some questions I've seen come up about the Loire do also focus on these rosé wines and the blends, this use of sweetness to balance acidity and getting you to think about 
the different production styles of rosé. So what differs between direct pressing, and short maceration, and what considerations there are for these depending on the grape variety you are using. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Italian Wine Academy, offering WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education right here in the heart of Verona. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. Ching ching! I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.